The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. Lieutenant Governor Winsome Earl Sears said Thursday she won't support former President Donald Trump if he makes a third run for president. As Ben Pavier with VPM News reports, her comments come ahead of state legislative races next year. In 2020, Earl Sears led a group called Black Americans to re-elect the president. But in an appearance on Fox Business, she said it's time to move on. A true leader understands that it's time to step off the stage, and the voters have given us that very clear message. Her comments follow those of another Virginia Republican, Delegate Tim Anderson. He denounced Trump after Tuesday's midterms. Day one of being outside of the cloud of Trump, I I feel better, I feel unmuzzled, I feel like I can speak again. Republicans lost their legislative majorities in Virginia while Trump was in office. All 140 seats of the divided General Assembly are up for grabs next year. Ben Pavier, VPM News. School boards in Virginia Beach and Chesapeake will look different after this week's election. Many of the newcomers were backed by conservative groups. Catherine Hafner with partner station WHRO News reports. Republicans supported a majority of the winning candidates in both cities. Thirteen candidates were on the ballot in Chesapeake, vying for six seats out of the board's total nine. The Republican ticket swept all six. Six spots were also at stake in Virginia Beach. Four of this week's winners, including an incumbent, were part of an effort by a conservative political action committee. They wanted to flip the board in favor of parents. At a Civic League forum on the campaign trail, Chesapeake attorney John McCormick had this to say. Some of my priorities are focusing on a parent's right to be involved in the education and health of their child and being able to make those decisions for the child to understand what's going on in the classroom and be able to partner with their teachers, with their administrators. McCormick is among the Chesapeake newcomers who've said they oppose political agendas in schools. Critical race theory is often used as an example. Those messages echo Republicans across the country. Schools also became a hot topic in the Virginia governor's race last year. That was Catherine Hafner reporting. A Republican delegate from Virginia Beach has proposed a constitutional amendment that would introduce term limits for members of the General Assembly. Delegate Timothy Anderson's resolution would limit state senators to three terms and state delegates to six terms, according to 8 News. That's a total of 12 years for each position. But the limits would only apply to consecutive terms. The measure has to pass both houses of the General Assembly, which convenes January 11th, and then would have to be approved by voters before going into effect. One of the men Richmond police identified as a suspect in an alleged July 4th mass shooting plot at Dogwood Dell was sentenced Thursday to five and a half months in federal prison. Roman Balacarso Bavagas, a Guatemalan immigrant, pleaded guilty in August to re-entering the U.S. after having been deported, according to the Richmond Times-Dispatch. He faces no charges related to the alleged mass shooting plot. Richmond prosecutors found no evidence to prosecute Balacarso Bavagas and another man police arrested on suspicion of a planned shooting. 
The 66th annual Commonwealth Veterans Day ceremony is set for 11 a.m. today at the Virginia War Memorial. The 29th Division Band and a variety of speakers are scheduled to take part in the ceremony honoring those who served in the U.S. Armed Forces. Initially, the event was planned to be held outdoors, but because of rain being forecast, the ceremony has been moved indoors with limited seating. The public is encouraged to watch live on WTVR or stream the event online. The Richmond Redevelopment and Housing Authority is teaming up with the Department of Veterans Services to provide housing for 15 veterans. Between July of 2021 and June of 2022, at least 567 veterans sought help with homelessness in Richmond. Daniel Gade is the Commissioner of Veterans Services. There are homeless veterans out there, and those are our most needy people, other than perhaps veterans who are involved in the criminal justice system, you know. Five veterans will be supported through vouchers funded by the Federal Department of Housing and Urban Development, and the Housing Authority will set aside 10 units for veterans, its spokesperson told VPM News. A new book examines the physical and psychological effects military service has on veterans, and it highlights some of the country's failures to serve members when they return to civilian life. Morning Edition host Phil Lyles spoke with co-author Suzanne Gordon about the new book titled Our Veterans, Winners, Losers, Friends and Enemies, and the New Terrain of Veterans Affairs. I love the title. I certainly want to hear how you came up with the title. I've been writing and researching healthcare for, well, over 30 years and wrote a book called Wounds of War, How the VA Delivers Health, Healing, and Hope to the Nation's Veterans and immersed myself in the VA system for close to a decade to write that book. And I was very impressed by the quality of care and the innovations that were made to help veterans and really all of us because you know, you're in a healthcare system that serves veterans. You hang around with a lot of veterans and get to understand their problems and the politics of veterans' affairs and so forth, military and veterans' issues. So it just all came together about the broader role of veterans in American society and how they're served, how they're not served, and, and what promises we make and what promises we keep. What do you think is the most challenge that veterans have today, you know, their health services? Well, there's just rampant efforts to privatize the nation's largest health care system. So the pharmaceutical industry is very involved in trying to privatize the VA. And so there is a real major assault, a really relentless and and multi-tentacled assault on veterans' health care, veterans' benefits, What do you hope that the reader will take away from this book? Well, I hope the reader will take away that, you know, whatever you think of whatever current conflict we're in, veterans and active duty service members have, you know, volunteered to serve their country and to serve all of us. And we have to do more than give people perfunctory thank you for their services. We have to give them the benefits that they need, and we have to fight the voices like the one, you know, that's the Commissioner of Veteran Department of Veteran Services in, in Virginia that claims that, you know, PTSD doesn't really exist and that, you know, veterans don't deserve the, the compensation and that they should be independent. And I think we need to, to really fund the services that we we promise veterans. And I think we need to deal, uh, the military needs to deal with cleaning up its act. Uh, it's a very reckless employer. I mean, clean up military housing, stop sexual assault, clean up your bases, 
provide people with the equipment they need, like the helmets. They they gave veteran they gave service members faulty helmets, you know, to protect them in Iraq and Afghanistan. Spend the money on the helmets. I mean, we have to fulfill our promise to veterans and pay the full cost of war. I mean, the PACT Act is a very good step in the right direction, but now people need to fund the VA so they have the folks and and to process claims in the Veterans Benefits Administration and the healthcare staff they need to take care of these veterans. We have the money. It's just that we don't have the will. In our book, our veterans, I think, ask people to have that will. And the other thing I think we ask is that, you know, veterans don't just live in a little veteran-only bubble. They have families and friends and communities, and those communities deserve services like health care, free health care, and education, as well as the veteran. And we should really be expanding, not contracting services for the veteran, and also expanding these services for veterans, communities, and families, and, and for the nation as a whole. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.